Welcome to New in Nashville. This is your host, Elam Freeman. I'm a commercial real estate broker and yoga instructor based in Nashville, Tennessee, and I am a Nashville native who has spent time living in Los Angeles and Washington, D.C. I have also traveled to all 50 states and visited nearly every U.S. metropolitan city bigger than Nashville. I am crazy about Nashville's growth and want natives, newcomers, and tourists to have the knowledge they need to keep up with our city's pace. Today we are recording from Walden on Gallatin near the cross-section of East Trinity Lane. Walden opened in March 2018 and is part of the East Hill Row neighborhood. Previously, the space was home to the Hop Stop, which was owned by the same group as Village Pub and Beer Garden. They also own the building. Today, co-owners Robin and Katie join us to discuss their passion for affordable drinks, accessible food, excellent service, and how they created a beautiful and comfortable atmosphere here. Before diving in, I will share a little background on Robin and Katie. Robin has over 15 years of client service experience in a variety of industries. She believes that the success of a company is not only defined by how they treat their customers, but also their employees. Her skill set includes marketing, sales, guest relations, bar and restaurant management, event planning, staff training, team management, and photography. Robin has always been interested in experiential immersion and truly enjoys helping others, whether it be the crazy requests or just for seeing someone else's needs before they do themselves. Katie has over 10 years of product design experience and has worked with everyone from mom and pop shops to global brands. She practices user-centered design thinking to create revenue-generating products while advocating for the best customer service. Her experience includes UX design, visual design, front-end development, user research, packaging, brand, and product development. Katie has always excelled in finding the inefficiencies and turning them into paths to profit. I met Robin and Katie at their Crush It Nashville event last spring, which they will continue to hold now in their new bar. We will further discuss in our interview. Without further ado, I welcome Robin and Katie on the show. How's it going? It's going well. How are y'all? Good. Good. Thanks so much for taking the time this morning before uh, we're here on a Saturday. And uh, I guess that's probably your busiest day of the week. So really appreciate you guys making the time for um, to be on the show. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having thanks. us. Of we're course. excited to do this. Great. Um, so first of all, I just wanted to ask you all when and why did you move to Nashville? Oh, this is a story. (laughs) Um, It's sort of intertwined. So I moved here first, um, but we were both living in New York City. That's where we met in 2009, and Robin moved out of New York City first. She was like, I'm done with the city. I need to, like, find somewhere with better work-life balance. Um, So she moved to Florida um, to stay with her mom for a bit and sort of, like, figure out what she wanted to do next, and then... Um, a year later I was in the same boat. I was like, I'm, I'm ready to move out of New York city. And so I started looking at other cities to move to. And this was the first one on my, like, let me check it out kind of list. And I came for a week and I was like, yep, that's good. (laughs) And I moved here. (laughs) Yeah. And then I was thinking about like going like West coast or Denver or something. And then when Katie moved, I was like, I, I'm over Florida. I was like, how's Nashville? She's like, it's great. Came up to visit, quit my job, came to visit for 10 days. And then um, I was like, yeah, I like it too. And so I just moved here right before Christmas, like Mm -hmm. a couple weeks later. So That's awesome. Yeah. So far, so good? Yeah. We love Nashville. Yeah. 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 Best decision I ever made. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. That's awesome. And where are you both originally from? I'm originally from Albany, New York. Okay. And cool. I'm from Connecticut. Okay, awesome. So Northeast. and mm-hmm. Yeah, the South is pretty different, but I think Nashville is kind of becoming a conglomeration of so many different cultures, which almost makes it, like, its own thing outside the South. Well, and there's so much happening here. Like, it doesn't, um, 
I remember when I first moved here being like, wow, everything is like so much easier to get access to. You know, you're trying to make stuff happen in New York and it's an uphill battle. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nashville's great in the sense that it's like, it's a small city so you can get to know people really quickly and, um, everyone's obviously very friendly, but it's also has a lot, a lot of culture. So you're not missing out on that by living in a smaller city than New York, although most are, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity here. Yeah, Mm -hmm. cool, awesome. Um, And how did the two of you meet? We met working in New York. So um, I had, like, a three-month internship, and then I got a job at a, a photo studio. And Robin was already working there. She had been working there for years at that point years yeah I worked there for about like four years so I was uh, account manager of catering and special events that was the first like food and beverage job that I had yeah I was originally like the front desk slash studio manager kind of person um and then 2008 rolled around and so they kind of laid off the whole catering department and they were like you can do this we know you can and I was like (gasps) Oh, I'll try. Um, so then, yeah, and then t- two months after that, they're like, and we need you to do your old job, too, actually. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's kind of a funny story, too, because um, Katie started when they rehired a graphic designer, and she would come in, and she She hated me. <laughs> she was like, I would be at the front desk, and she was like, hey, good morning, I'm here, and I was like, great and then when she'd leave at the end of the day she'd stop and she's like okay I'm leaving I was like great <laughs> and then she kept doing that like this like the second day when she was leaving I was like are you telling me this specifically for a reason and she was like yeah Francisco said to just tell you when I come and go every day and you'll do my time card and I was like you can punch in and out yourself. I like, no one told you. me this. Like, I could definitely handle <laughs> right. this. I'm like, who is this girl? What? So, yeah, and then, um, you know, we bonded over our love for happy hour. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's all come together in the Walden. Yeah. Yep, That's great. Um, okay, great. And then um, for, let's see. Oh, okay. So in terms, we kind of talked about, I was going to ask what the pros and cons of moving to Nashville. Is there anything y'all want to add to that? I mean, y'all definitely talked about the pros. Are there any cons moving here? Landlocked for us. Yeah. Uh, We're used to being by the water and spending a lot of time. Like my family is all from the North Fork of Long Island. So uh, when I was in New York, I lived out there one summer and I used to go like every weekend basically or whenever uh, I wasn't working, I'd be out there. Yeah. Um, Katie's parents have a boat. We spent a lot of summers in Block Island, which is off Rhode Island. It's uh-huh. gorgeous. So that's been the toughest part. Yeah. I mean, we go to, we rent pontoons on Percy Priest at Every least, year. At yeah. least yeah. once a year. Yeah. <laughs> but it's have, not quite the same. <laughs> yeah, we're hoping to have a lake house next year, but we'll see. I mean, that's tough. I think, um, what else would be tough on a business sense? I mean, there's a, there's, it is the South, so there's some boys clubs out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that kind of, some people, not all people, with the old, maybe old-fashioned or antiquated mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a club that Katie was a member of that, <laughs> I remember she was, they were advertising for what, a men's lunch Oh, no, it was when I was interviewing. So they had set up this mentorship program, and they were like, oh, we'll, like, set you up with a mentor. And I was like, great, I want to meet people around town. And so they were like, well, we'll do an interview with you to figure out who to pair you with. I was like, great, that sounds awesome. And so I was talking with the um, guy who ran the whole programming thing, and he had his, like, assistant there taking notes. And I remember in the middle of the conversation, he's like, you'd be this, you'd be so interested. He's like, well, we have this men's lunch, but maybe we could start, like, a women's lunch. And I was like, or maybe I could just go to the men's lunch. Yeah. And he's like, we should do a women's lunch. Write this down. Oh <laughs> he pointed to his assistant. I was like, 
It's like, or it could just be a lunch. Or it could just be a lunch. Just lunch for all the members. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Commingle. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, a little bit of that. Not not an overwhelming amount and definitely not Mm -hmm. with the people that we deal with you know, on the day-to-day basis. No, not at all. We've met some really, really great um, investors and business owners here. Um, it's awesome when you can find the people that um, are open to sharing. Yeah. yeah. Sharing stories, sharing, like, what they've learned. Like, um, you know, there was a bar we went to check out, and the, the way that we like it, the owner's behind the bar, and we were like, this is, you know, pretty a while ago like two years ago probably mm-hmm. and we were like oh man we want to open a bar and he's like oh yeah and we were like we have these questions can we ask you he's like yeah I'll tell you whatever you ask whatever yeah. you want to know so that's awesome there's a really good community here of people who are willing to help each other out and want to be um you know involved in making the community as a whole better yeah that's mm-hmm. great yeah it really does seem, especially in East Nashville, just really collaborative, mm-hmm. which I think is huge. But um, And it's almost like its own little environment. And I think you don't have as much of, compared to some other national neighborhoods, as much of that like old South sort of mentality, mm-hmm. particularly on the East Side. It seems like that's the, the most immune yeah. <laughs> place to it. So. Well, we've got a lot of transplants in Nashville, so, I mean, I don't want to be like it's a melting pot, but it's like a geographical one. Yeah. Right. (laughs) No, absolutely. So, it's always interesting to meet new people um, and hear about their experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Um, I know the restaurant is, like, I mean, I guess it's not just a side hustle, but you have other jobs as well. So can you talk a little bit about that, what your other jobs are, and then how much, how you balance your time and how much you allocate for your other jobs versus towards the restaurant and bar? Yeah, I mean, I'll go first. (laughs) I uh, still work full-time for Hearst Magazines. Okay. I'm their director of design systems, so I work on user experience for all the magazine websites globally, um, so like Cosmo, Marie Claire, Esquire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, you know, that's still a, a nine to five, technically a nine to five, um, but I work remote here. There's not an office here. So mm-hmm. I work from the bar office that we're sitting in right now. Um, and then in between meetings, if I need to jump in and do something I can Um, and then we have our business coaching company which we started before the bar about was that a year ago over a year ago over a year ago it was February 2017 yeah so we started a business coaching company and um, an event series which we're kicking off again on Tuesday Mm -hmm. Um, took a break to open the bar yes Yes. (laughs) (laughs) and that's called um crush it nashville yeah um so it's a very casual no name tags or anything uh, but we reach out to local business owners that are you know crushing it um and we have them come in and kind of just do a q a with them and um the audience can ask questions we kind of want people to like learn like, a lesson maybe that they learn so that the other people that are trying to do something don't need to learn it or, like, tools mm-hmm. that they're using and get some inspiration and stuff like that. Yeah. So we've we've done it with um, Patrick Hayes of 1767, Maddie Bush of Amelia's Flower Truck, Matt Niehoff of Experience Dash, mm-hmm. Hannah Schneider of Hannah Schneider Creative, which is a, a PR and social firm mm-hmm. here in New York and Nashville, actually. Um, and then on Tuesday... We'll be um, doing Project 615. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's actually how I first heard about y'all. And um, at the Rose Wall, I was at the 1767 one. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And um, it was, yeah, just a great event. Met some really cool people that, like, I've bumped into in other places. Um, and then went out after that when 1767 had their grand opening and kind of got on their radar and um, have become a big fan of theirs since. Yeah. So I love that mm-hmm. event. I think things like that and like getting really quality people that are so inspiring and just bringing people together is like the best way to create community yeah Mm -hmm. the speakers that we have are just so impressive with everything that they do they're just constantly innovating 
and coming up with the greatest stuff and you see it on Instagram and you're like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really neat how you like, they're established in Nashville, but it seems like a lot of them are doing national work. Yeah. Like yeah. I was in Denver and I saw Patrick's like something from one of their designs in a hotel in Denver. And I was like, mm-hmm. no way. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. So. We like to focus on Nashville based businesses that maybe a year or two ago were working out of home or just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of our other speakers, Joey Verzilli of Lachlan Leatherworks, he moved right before he did the talk, like the day before, from his uh, workplace and his having a shop at his house uh-huh. to the co-working space at 1767 Studio up in Old Hickory. And then he just did a huge like event for um, Harley Davidson motorcycles. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. So it's really cool. He's doing a lot of stuff for the hotels around town, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much opportunity right now, and it's neat how Nashville and those who are coming and investing even from outside are really trying to capitalize on the local creative scene mm-hmm. and not, like, just use big brand mm-hmm. names. Yeah, for so, sure. Well, and we started the event because we wanted to find other people that were like us. Like, our hobby is small businesses. Yeah. So <laughs> we're like, we want to find other people who are into it, too. Right. <laughs> so we can talk about it and our friends won't be like shut up stop coming up with new business ideas right now yeah Yeah. I remember our first meeting um with uh Maddie Bush was we were talking over coffee and we were like well you know all over all these years when people go what is your hobby and I'm like oh dogs nature <laughs> um, going out with my friends I'm like and it's all like stupid things. I'm almost like I don't have any hobbies and then one day it dawned on me that small business is my hobby right <laughs> we go out and talk about it all night all long all the time yeah. all night long we love talking about entrepreneurship and new business ideas and what people are doing and how they can scale yeah um, so that's really our passion and our hobby and I was like yeah that's our hobby. Yeah, that's so cool. And so intertwined into your jobs as well. Mm-hmm. So, And Katie, that's really neat that Hearst will let you kind of have this flexible job. I mean, I feel like that's not that common for such a big company. Is that common within Hearst? To, or um, it- not, it not? It wasn't always. Um, I, was one of, I was the second person on our team to work remote. Uh-huh. Um, I've been with her, so it'll be seven years in July. Okay. So I definitely put the time in. Right. <laughs> I've had the same boss the whole time. So, yeah. um, so you know, there's a lot of, like, trust, and I'm, you know, still very over-communicative and try to make sure that, um, you know, people in the office know that I'm, like, still around. I'm not, like, on an island over here just working away. I'm right. still very much involved in a lot of the teams and um and I fly back uh I mean I took a break again to open this but um I fly back like every couple of months Uh for a few days to be in the office and put in some FaceTime and meet with some people and do some like sketching sessions and stuff like that so um yeah it's been great I'm really um thankful that they you know trust that I can you know be a remote employee (laughs) yes yeah hopefully more and more companies are starting to transition into Mm -hmm. just understanding like these other things that are part of your life like probably help you do better in your job with Hearst yeah Yeah. Um, well in the beginning I think the biggest uh issue was that (coughs) as a organization we weren't set up so there was a lot of logistical stuff that we had to get over like getting the right video conferencing system where I could hear everyone in the room, like, right. <laughs> that kind of stuff. But since that's all been streamlined now, um, we have several people who are remote, and, and we had to, because now we have, um, we work a lot with international teams. Cool. And so it was a necessity not just of um, people within the U.S. team going remote, but that we have to be able to communicate with Japan. Right. Like, regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's actually another uh, employee and engineer who is moving down to uh, Tennessee? Really, I think he's. I think he's yeah. looking at a house in like Rock Island or something. But he's yeah, he's moving down here too. 
Yeah. yeah, and they had Katie write uh, guidelines. Yeah, I wrote the work from home, work remote guidelines. For <laughs> That's <the> awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so great. Cool. Well, I feel like you could, some other uh, companies could utilize those as well. (laughs) Maybe next business idea. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, cool. Well, let's move on to talking a little bit more specifically about Walden. Mm -hmm. Um, Where did the name come from? Oh, we went through so many names. (laughs) Uh, We went on a road trip and we spent, I think, half of like the 14 hours coming up with names and... Oh, yeah. Robin's really good at naming things. I only come up with really cheesy things, usually. <laughs> like, really horrible cheesy things. <laughs> and so Robin usually makes a list of, like, pages and pages and pages in a notebook, and then she goes through, and then I'm like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> um, so we had, like, so many different ideas. We had the idea down. We, we've always wanted... We didn't have the space yet, but we had the idea down. And we're like, we want somewhere that... Um, feels like you're connected with nature that feels like you're not surrounded by distractions and TVs and stuff like that. Robin was always really inspired by the secret garden. Yeah, when I was a little girl, I loved that story mm-hmm. in the movie and stuff like that. So yeah. We were originally looking for a space that we could you could come into and then you'd go out to a back area mm-hmm. that would be like the secret garden or yeah. whatever. Um, but we found this space, and we we're like, it's not so secret, and right on Gallatin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's right out there for everyone. Yeah. So we were sitting. We went to um, City Winery for like happy hour, and we're drinking rosé and talking about names, and we were trying to go and like. Oh yeah. What all the City Winery. Yeah, we were talking about like all the different. We're like, well, what if we went in this direction? And then we're like, we were coming up with all these names, and they sounded like just so girly like just too girly (laughs) and so um I think I was like well what about like Walden Pond Thoreau like going back into nature or something and we're like Walden could be cool that Mm -hmm. doesn't sound super femme yeah (laughs) exactly yeah so um that's what we went with and it worked perfectly with the whole concept and the space um and then, basically, all the murals that are here mm-hmm. that were done by Terabella Aversa, uh-huh. they're all the flowers and the murals are native to that area of Massachusetts. Okay, so gotcha. So we kind of grouped cool. it all the way in. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a secret W in this back wall that, like, you don't see unless you know to look for it. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. I'll have to check it out on yeah. the way out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Find it. So that's where we came up with the name. Yeah. Okay. Neat. Yeah. I mean, it's a great, you know, great visibility on Gallatin, but it is kind of like a little, um, oasis to come in here. And, um, you know, I've seen just so many people come and like get to swing on the swings and that's a nice little, it's almost like kind of a good juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. So big fan. We had a girl on the patio one day I was chatting with and she's like, I actually have this furniture at my house. I said, Perfect, because we wanted people to feel like they're having the greatest time at their friend's yard. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Right. Um, And then how did you guys go about finding the opportunity to assume this lease and then essentially buy an existing restaurant is kind of my understanding of how it happened. Yeah, I mean, we looked at one other... I mean, we're, like, we're crazy people when it comes to this. We were on LoopNet every day, like, yeah. checking out properties, and we went and looked at a place on Dickerson that was just, I mean, it needed so much work, and we were like... And I think it was that agent that referred us to our agent for here, Brian yeah. Taylor, who is amazing. He's amazing. I, we were in Atlanta. Yeah. And it was, like, pouring rain, and I had gone to, like, get, get Starbucks for everybody, and so I was, like, wait, trying to wait for the rain out, and so I called him. And he answered, and I was like, "We're looking for a bar. We help us." <laughs> <laughs> well, the and the agent, the first agent referred us to him because the first agent was really only like he really focuses on Dickerson and Gallatin. Like okay. he's very East Nashville, uh-huh. and he was like Brian knows everywhere. And at the time, we were like, we weren't we wanted East Nashville because we both live over here, but yeah. like. We were like, we could do another area of time. Right. Town. We could do North Nashville. We could do like. Wedgwood Houston. We could do like a couple different areas, but we want East Nashville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we we're in this community. This is where we live, so we want to to be more fully involved with it. Opening the business, yeah. Yeah. 
doing some events with the local community and um I mean a lot of people that come in here are like oh this is what we've been missing and we're like awesome we're glad that you feel that way because like being going out here all the time we kind of try to put things that we felt like were missing from the neighborhood that we wanted like a nice affordable glass of wine dog friendly patio Mm -hmm. open on Sunday we're working on brunch right now we've tried it couple of items over the last few weekends but we'll get there yeah so well and so brian was like yeah i'll look at some places and he sent some stuff over and then it was like not that long after we talked to him that he was like and this place just came up it was about a month yeah so um he was like oh let's go check it out and so our landlord was the owner operator of the bar that was here before right and so it was definitely a unique scenario where we we bought a lot of the equipment, but we didn't actually buy the business. Uh-huh. But the space was already set up for a bar. We already had the 36 taps, which we were like, oh, we can do some way more than just beer on these. Right. It's going to be a beer bar. Yeah. So let's figure it out. Um, and we yeah. left that initial meeting, like, when we were checked out the space and we're like, we want it. Yeah. That was Katie. It. She is the decision maker in a second. I'm like, are you sure? And I'm like, are nope, sure? I can see it. I walked in, I can see it. Yeah. yeah. I can see it, that's it. So we were nervous because he like kept showing it. They weren't giving us like an answer. And we were like, we took 48 hours because we had been writing business plans for two years and that's why we were like, sick of this. Let's go find a place. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we had to tweak our entire business plan and concept to fit this place mm-hmm. and run all of the numbers and the yeah. pro forma and the financials, put our backers in there, put our assumptions in there, and um, yeah, we were like, we need to pitch the landlord because we sent yeah. it over and we we're like, we're not hearing anything, and we're like, why aren't we hearing back? And we, we were, were nervous that we were we weren't since we're not proven operators and any any other hospitality group in this town could have found this place, flipped it in a second, and it would they would have like not bad in an eye right and we're like we're not proven operators but this is like our best chance at starting you know the businesses that we want to have yeah and so i was like i'm gonna put together a pitch deck we're gonna pitch like we're pitching an investor we're gonna pitch this landlord right (laughs) we took that to staples had it printed and binded and we were like get us this meeting and we went for coffee and we were like look and they followed along and they were he was really impressed yeah um so yeah, and then I think the other people that looked at it, one, he didn't like their concept, I don't know what it was, the other didn't have their pitch together fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, we got we got lucky. Yeah. Well, not total luck, you know, we pushed. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, it's such a competitive market, and also to be able to find a second generation space is huge. Like, Same. you can't We talked to people anywhere. who are building out bars from scratch like in the neighborhood and they're like how how did this happen yeah and we're like it i don't know karma i guess yeah we've been doing good enough good things yeah <laughs> yeah so we got we got really lucky with that because building out is a whole nother beast yeah. right oh yeah yeah well and i think it's huge that you guys did the whole pitch i mean that's what i'm a commercial real estate broker as well and like the, i always tell my clients like you have to, the person who is renting to you is investing in your concept and you have to treat them like an investor mm-hmm. and you have to put together and like have a good presentation because that's their first impression of you. Yeah. And like they want to see that you're going to, you know, bring a good name to their building. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. kudos. That's Make sure great. you pay the rent. Yeah, well. exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like you got to dot every I, cross every T. Because they want to know that you're paying attention to detail. Yeah, for so. sure. So, yeah, that's how we ended up here. Yeah, that's awesome. In East Hill Row. Mm-hmm. East Hill Row. I love it. Is that, and I saw that um, on the Walden website. So, is this, like, little, where do you consider, like, East Hill Row kind of beginning and ending? This uh, block right here. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. So it's we, the East Hill neighborhood, but when the Fox moved in uh-huh. underneath Bowery Vault, right. um... They wanted to start branding the neighborhood, and so they were talking with the owners of Mickey's, uh-huh. um, which is right next door, and they were like, what do you think? They came up with, like, a whole bunch of East Hill Corner. Like, they came up with, like, a bunch of names, and I think it was actually Andy, the owner of Mickey's, who was like, those all sound terrible. Just call it East Hill Row. Yeah. Um, 
And so then, you know, that sort of kicked off the branding of the neighborhood. Nicoletto's went in there, um, and now we're a part of that. So, you know, it's just like this corner block right area. There. I love it. Well, so will Grimey's be considered part of East Hillrow? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. We've yeah. actually reached out to them to say hi to our new neighbors because yeah. we... We love everybody on the block, so yeah. we're excited for them to join. Yeah. There's, like, a couple of houses in the way, but uh-huh. hey, why not? <laughs> why not include them? Yeah. Loop them in. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a really exciting addition to this corner. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. It's huge. So bring lots of good traffic this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, it's really always been interesting to me that, like, like I use uh, National Guru a lot, and they have it broken down, Nashville broken down by neighborhoods, and East Nashville is, like, its own neighborhood, whereas, like, on the west side, it's, like, every little every neighborhood. Every block Yeah, and, like, East Nashville, <laughs> like, the side, yeah, so, like, East Nashville is huge, and, like, there's so many little different neighborhoods mm-hmm. within East Nashville, and I think that doesn't, I think over time that it will continue to get divided up yeah. and people start. Well, there referring. are pockets like Riverside Village <coughs> and Five Points. And so having like a name because East Nashville is so large compared yeah. to the other neighborhoods, having a name for like what area this is. Cause you know, you could say, Oh, we're up Gallatin, but like, that's like a pretty big. Space. Right. <laughs> exactly. Are you in Madison? Like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. How far up Gallatin? Right. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Across from so. the Taco Bell. Yeah. Everyone knows that landmark. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they go after Walden. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, cool. And then who was responsible for curating the menu? I know you guys have talked about, like, you've been working on your business plan. Was that very much a joint effort, or is one of you kind of more? We did it ourselves. Uh, as far as the food goes, Yeah. We are still working on that and developing that. We honestly thought, because everybody was like, it's so hard to get kitchen staff, especially in Nashville. There's so because many there's places over yeah. And if they're just not happy, they'll just leave. Um, we thought we'd be putting together crudite and like meat and cheese crackers in the kitchen. We thought we were going to put triscuits <laughs> and cheese squares on a plate, and that was going to have to be our food because yeah. we weren't going to get any kitchen staff. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we got really lucky and we got a great team in the kitchen. Um, and we kind of threw our first menu together, like two days before opening. Yeah. And so I didn't know we were going to have pizzas and grilled cheeses on the menu until two days before. I was like, thank God I set it up so I could print them myself. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, you know, half that stuff from the beginning is gone and there's half new items now. Um, but we're still working on developing that. Um, it's a tricky kitchen to work around because there is no hood. Mm-hmm. So there's no fryer. There's no, fryer, okay. there's no stove top. Like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, Convection so. ovens and panini presses. Yes. Yeah. That's how we roll. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and, and a as, meat slicer. As far as the beverage program goes, um, we did our best on picking beers. So, and that's pretty pretty good. Um, probably we were really quick to pick wines because we drink a lot of wine. Yeah. So we're like, this is the menu, we're good. And then on to beers, we're like, oh man, this is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then cocktails, we started testing cocktails early. Except for testing cocktails is very difficult because you have you test like two cocktails and then you're drunk <laughs> and you can't <laughs> make an educated decision on yes. the rest right. of the yeah. testing. You so know, you get, the drunker you get, everything tastes even better. Yeah. <laughs> so we probably only had half of the cocktail half of the cocktail bank, even in idea wise, not even recipes uh-huh. written down done, and then it was like again a week before we open and we're like alright like everyone night, come over yeah. Monday night before our soft opening we just were like we have to bang out six cocktails yeah right now we have to do liquor orders yeah like tomorrow yeah so we invited a few friends over and just jammed them out yeah that's um, awesome and yeah. we still kind of work that way on the like on the fly like we'll come up with some ideas or be like oh we're like right now we don't have I mean we have a Negroni on on drop but we don't have like a summer gin cocktail mm-hmm. so I'll you know go into the dark dark hole of Pinterest and <laughs> just go to town <laughs> and then right. figure something out and 
yeah, we'll test stuff out and rejigger it from there. And yeah. Inspiration, and then it's funny because <laughs> the cocktails all look really great online. They and then taste you, terrible. You taste yeah. They photograph awesome. <laughs> the colors are great. The garnishes are great. You're like, mm, that looks delicious. And yeah, like that not. purple one. We tried this purple cocktail, and it looked like so pretty online. And we're like, oh, it's like floral, and it'll work perfectly with our concept. We made it. It looked gray, and it tasted disgusting. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was like a sweet tart. It was so gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we do a lot of tweaking. Yeah. Um, and we'll try to get the guests now at least so we can get the bartenders and the guests involved like yeah. when before we opened it was very much just like going off of our own personal preference and our friends and stuff like that and so now we'll try like yesterday I was testing some recipes and um, there were some customers here and we, we taste variations so we'll um, you know play with the ratios of the ingredients and then we'll be like alright which one do you guys like like this one's a little on the sweeter side this one's a little more bitter which one would you drink the most of Yeah, mm-hmm. and get their, you know, feedback. So it's not just like one sip of a cocktail that tastes good. We're good. Right. Yeah. So we try to like have those conversations like, well, would you drink the whole thing? And they're like, actually, no, I'd probably drink the whole thing of this one over here. Yeah. But that one, I one sip is good. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's been a learning lesson with the draft system. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you can't throw anything in a keg. Nope. I mean, we knew you can't, like, you can't, like, <laughs> throw, like, chunks of fruit in there, obviously. But the you clog. Right. Anything with a high viscosity that's, like, thicker um, is a no-go. So we've got this amazing cocktail called Beats by Dr. D, which is beet, ju- beet orange juice, lemon, and mezcal. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so it's very smoky, earthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beet juice is too, too thick. thick. Just yeah. too thick for the draft system. We clogged two two or three cocktail lines. Moving around the rosé sangria because it originally had honey yeah. instead of simple uh, syrup. Um, so yeah, and, day one we clogged three of the lines. We're yeah. like, damn it. I pulled it apart <laughs> and I was like, this entire... Tube is clogged with honey oh like a straw, God. like those honey straws. <laughs> I was like, whoops. So we tried to make a honey syrup, still too thick. Yeah. But for some reason, the maple, maple syrup is fine. fine. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. We have to strain. A lot of our juices, our fresh juices, we have to strain out a lot. Yeah. Um, we buy Natalie's. It up. Yeah. So it's like, it's just like one ingredient. Like it's just fresh lemon juice. Um, and it tastes really, really good. Like, if you test, taste, like, a fresh-squeezed lemon versus that, like, it's it's pretty pretty similar. But um, we've also found, because different distributors have different size containers, so, like, a 16-ounce container of grapefruit juice is fine, but a gallon has a lot more pulp in it <laughs> that you have to strain or you will clog the draft system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we gra- switched distributor. We didn't even realize. We just dumped the bottles in, and we're like... Mm-hmm. Clog the lines again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we're getting there, though. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're getting hang of it. Yeah. We've got on our goal to uh, take down some wines. We're trying to work through those, a little less wine, so we can add some uh, carbonated lines uh-huh. for cocktails. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Can't wait to get there. Yeah. That's awesome. And was that in the original vision to have cocktails on tap, or when you ended up having all these taps with this specific space, did that yeah. kind of change? So when yeah. we saw the space, we were like, we got to have cocktails on tap. Yeah. Well, because that was always, but it was always in our, every one of our business plans that we wanted the efficiency of service. We want our mm-hmm. bartenders spending time talking with guests and like fostering that atmosphere, making connections between guests, like that human connection, yeah. and not spending time like twirling bottles and waving shrubbery and whatever else right. um of course I say that and then the beet cocktail you she puts t- shrubbery on everything <laughs> I put edible flowers and we we're allowed to snack one piece of basil per <laughs> cocktail <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the cocktails on draft worked really well with that uh-huh. whole idea that if they can you know be making cocktails really fast then they can spend more time with the guests uh-huh. and you know that was a, a, just a concept before we opened and then when we did open I remember it was actually on the on the wines that I noticed at first just because I was sitting there and one of our bartenders was pouring like five wines at once and it wasn't just it was like two reds two whites a rosé and a prosecco and I was like you literally cannot do that with bottles yeah 
Like, you can't pour a, a glass of red wine and a Prosecco and white all at the same time, and she got all of those drinks out in, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, that's so cool. And I was like, it's working. Right. (laughs) The vision has come to fruition. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Cool. Um, Yeah, I feel like cocktails on tap, too, is, like, something that's becoming more frequent, like, throughout the country, even. Mm -hmm. It's, like, I feel like lots of... I haven't seen it that much in Nashville, honestly, but in some other cities, it seems to be coming. There are are places that do it, but a lot of... um, No one's highlighting it as much as we are. So, like, 210 Jack has a couple cocktails on draft, Uh but it's... You wouldn't know that. Yeah. You know? Right. So people are doing it for, um, you know, efficiency and consistency because that's the other benefit. Like, every time you get a honeysuckle lemonade here, it's going to be the same as the time you got it before. doesn't matter what bartender is working. It doesn't matter, like, if someone accidentally poured a little bit too much or there's not enough ice. Like, it's going to be the same no matter what. Right. Because we work mm-hmm. off the same recipe every mm-hmm. time. Um, there's also places um, that have you know, Tito's Lemonade or something like uh-huh. that. It's not, um, it's not the same. Yeah, it's not craft. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we make ours in-house, so it's a little more on the craft side right. of yeah. things. So um, we do battle a little bit with that with customers that come in. They're like, oh, it's on draft. Uh-huh. And we're like, yeah, but we make them in-house. It's just yeah. batched. Right. And they're like, oh. So... Yeah, there's an educational piece to it, but, um, and actually for the first, like, couple of weeks, um, I would purposely, I mean, now we do it back here, because usually it's like, oh, shit, we're out of this, we need to make another one. Yeah. Um, but I would batch them out behind the bar, uh-huh. and people would be like, why are you pouring six liters of ginger <laughs> beer? Like, are you going to put a straw on that? Like, what's, <laughs> what's this giant measuring cup doing right. here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm making the Moscow Mule right now. Yeah. See how many bottles of vodka go in this? Right. <laughs> right, we're not cheating you. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, I mean, the price point, you can't get your price point at, like, a craft, true, like, craft cocktail bar where they're, like, spending so much time making it, so. Well, um, for us, it's actually because of the volume. So we're able to get better alcohol for our draft cocktails because we buy at a larger volume, so we yeah. can get it at... A discounted price. So if you're buying like one bottle of Hangar One, which is our well vodka, uh-huh. it's like thirty bucks. Yeah. But if you buy three cases at a time, it's like ten. Right. So there's like a like a big difference, and there's a lot of um like that factors a lot into what ingredients we use, uh-huh. uh, and the conversations that we have with our distributors about um you know we're very adamant. We're like you know yes that whiskey tastes really great, but it's not at a price point that we can put it in a keg. Right. Um, and so we do a lot with, um, doing the, the math on, you know, what we can use and whether we use like a really nice ingredient, but not that much of it, or like a, a really nice ingredient that we can get a case deal on, or, you know, like there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into being able to keep our cocktails under $10 mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm still tasting a great vodka, but yeah. it's really affordable for us. So we would compare that with something fancier like St. Germain and right. Yeah. still be able to give it to customers at a good price. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Um, and were there any other bars or restaurants in other cities that you guys went to that kind of um, led to your inspiration? Oh, so many. We went on a whole New York City tour. Yeah. And we also pay attention, like, we've, <laughs> I think, have been looking at bars our entire lives being like, we like this, we don't like that, we like this, we don't like right. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say... One of my, I have two huge inspirations, but one is a craft beer bar that I used to work at in Astoria called Sunswick. Okay. So operations there were pretty smooth for me, so we modeled a lot of that stuff kind of after that place. Uh Um, And then as far as a feeling goes... We really love our friend Sarah's bar in Greenport, New York. First and South. Yeah, it's called First and South. It's in an old house. She's just amazing. She's got such talent um, and an eye. Um, And her partner, Dan, they're just so friendly. Mm -hmm. There you feel like you're hanging at someone's house and you feel comfortable like it's your friend. So um, that was kind of the vibe we wanted to give off. I wanted... 
for our bartenders, like, you know, on somebody's third visit, hopefully before that, we want them to feel like this is their place. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that inspired us a lot. Yeah. I would also say um, in in that New York trip, so we went up to New York to just get inspired by all the bars there. We put together a map of, like, 30 places yeah, this for a single right weekend. Yeah, this right before <laughs> we opened, so we also were picking places that specifically had cocktails on draft. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, West Side, East Side, Brooklyn. Yeah. So. Um, and we went to one, I think I was most inspired by um, Giuseppe at Suffolk Arms. So we went there for brunch, and um, the owner was behind the bar, and he was just, like, again, so open and... Mm-hmm. and wanted to talk to us about like all the things about opening a bar and um he just makes the, such good cocktails yeah like mind-blowing oh yeah I'm and his saying. handwriting naturally looks like graffiti it's insane yeah he's <laughs> a super super cool dude yeah. yeah yeah cool well i'll have to definitely link those in the show notes because i love people giving people recommendations when they travel because and especially i found when i go to new york city it's like when you come to nashville you can go to nashville's eater account and it's like Mm -hmm. okay you can find or go to nashville guru or something and like find the spots that kind of like check the box for what you're looking for but in like new york there's so much that Mm -hmm. it can almost become overwhelming (laughs) it's like i like those personal recommendations and same with la it's uh it can become a little difficult to find the spots that you want to go to because there are so many bars mm-hmm. and restaurants. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. Um, I'm sure living there, it's even just, like, you only scratch the surface just traveling. New York's one of the places, places that you, if you went every, like, meal at a different place for one year, you'd never finish because yeah. the place is open. Yeah, you can't. There was an article about that. Like, you can't, you'll never finish because yeah. so many places open and close right. mm-hmm. that you could have. And I think they even calculated it if you had five meals like even if you did snacks yeah like at a different place also <laughs> like snacks and desserts you would right. still never hit them all yeah <laughs> that's crazy oh my gosh mm-hmm. I believe but it the great thing about New York is one of the things that I miss is like just almost anywhere you go the food is amazing yeah yeah like it just is yeah mm-hmm. and there's absolutely anything you could ever want you can find it there mm-hmm. yes Mm-hmm. Like the most strange off the wall thing, I feel like mm-hmm. if you just Google it, it'll be there. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. There's like a, a risotto shop, a meatball restaurant. Yeah, there's a pickle place now too. The Australian meat pies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Australian meat pies are the best. Yeah, that's Shout awesome. Shout out to Tuck Shop. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. And then from like a business, I want to talk a little bit about the business side of. I feel like we've talked about the creative side a little bit, but. How do you guys handle the branding and the social media without getting overwhelmed? I mean, I've followed you on Instagram and have been really impressed with seeing, um, you know, just how well done the photography and everything is. And do you guys do all that yourself or do you outsource any of it? That is our girl, Hannah Schneider. So we are her business coaches and she is our social media and PR rock star. (laughs) She has a really great team. She's also based here in East Nashville. Mm -hmm. Um, we would not be able to handle doing social media ourselves at this stage of the game. Yeah. Just, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we were like, no, we're going to leave it to the experts. Right. She's great. She focuses on hospitality clients. Mm-hmm. Um, she also um, works in New York. She's got a bunch of clients up there and then some other ones scattered around the country. Mm-hmm. She's really on top of her game on trends. Yeah. We actually met her through our Crush It series. Okay, so cool. when we were meeting initially with Matt Niehoff of Ad Experience Nash, he was like, we always ask as one of the questions, like, who would you recommend or who, do you, who would you nominate? Um, and so when I gave him the list of questions for him to review ahead of time, he's like, oh, I've got some people for you. I was like, well, you don't have to answer now. Like, I'll ask you during the interview. <laughs> he's like, no, but... You guys should meet Hannah. You guys, I feel like you guys would be like best friends immediately. And so we ended up reaching out to her, and she was our next speaker after that. Cool. Um, just because we were so, you know, impressed about how she's grown her business from doing it herself. Um, she's also a part owner of Salt and Vine, so okay. she's built a restaurant yeah. from the ground up herself, and so. Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, she's been a really great resource um, and a really good friend now. Yeah, she knows the knows the business mm-hmm. well. She owns Egg Shop in New York too. Okay, gotcha. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Two yeah. good cities to have um, a foot in. And then as far as the branding, Katie did all the branding. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I set up like a some brand guidelines like a style tile and sent it over to her and then um i'll do some of the graphics and send them over yeah um, yeah katie designed the whole space <laughs> she does all of our branding she designed our website she does the menu anything visual besides the social media photos is done by katie yeah that's awesome yeah. Mm-hmm. so cool. Trying to minimize herself over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like y'all have a good team going um, with Hannah, and mm-hmm, definitely yeah. um, she's doing a great job, and so are you, Katie, with all the branding. So kudos. <laughs> um, and then I also wanted to ask, and you guys may want to keep your lips sealed on this, so totally fine, but do y'all have any future ventures in mind? Oh, we've got 9 million businesses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, We're still evolving this one, though. Yeah. We've got a lot of big plans that we, you know, we had all these ideas of everything that we want to do here. Um, But, you know, getting doors open and things running smoothly and, you know, learning restaurant accounting. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Slows things down a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, So we've got a lot of stuff. We've got a lot of stuff coming soon, though, that um, I honestly thought that it would take us longer to get to, but... We've been hustling to try to get some of these things in motion. So um, we're kicking off the Crush It series again, but we're also going to do a bunch of classes. Um, So we met yesterday with Nick from Mill Creek, Uh and we're going to do an intro to homebrew class with him. Um, I have a friend who does uh, lettering, Uh and so she'll do a lettering class. We have another friend who's like does amazing things with plants, yeah. just like all and and like macrame and stuff like that. So she'll do a class, um, and so we'll get like regular class activities going again, mm-hmm. like promoting that social interaction and learning, and um, you know just a, another activity to do instead of just going out and drinking. Right. Um, yeah. And then we're also planning a block party. Yes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Yeah. That's in the very beginning stages, but hopefully will be this summer. Mm-hmm. But, man, it's hustle trying to get everything together. Yeah. yeah it's going to be an experience because yeah. I used to do a lot of event management in New York, um, big things, but definitely this is my biggest solo spearheading, like, event, so mm-hmm. I'm a little nervous, but it's also exciting. So. Yeah. yeah. It'll be it's fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And I feel like the neighborhood will really embrace that. I mean, yeah. Especially being on Gallatin, like, you probably don't get that many, like, block party-esque type things. So yeah, yeah. It will be neat to create Yeah, usually that. the festivals on this side of town are, like, in the parks or something mm-hmm. like that. So, um, you know, having, like, a neighborhood block party. Yeah. We're like, we want to we wanna involve the community and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. And then even smaller stuff, um, just, like, testing out menu stuff, mm-hmm. we... Now we're doing Taco Tuesdays, and <laughs> um, I've got a few more ideas for different avocado toasts for brunch. Like, <laughs> right? So yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things to grow within this space. Yeah, and then, but yeah, we've got like, like she said, we've been writing business plans for years <laughs> mm-hmm. now. So we've mm-hmm. got a, a few in the chamber as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you're doing any business, you kind of have to try things, see if people like them. If they don't, you know to pivot and do something different that just you have to make sure you stick to your main concept so that you don't end up with this mashup of ideas that just right. is a mess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're looking forward to when things settle or get in a system here. Um, maybe doing something else. I don't know if it would be in this neighborhood or a different yeah. neighborhood of Nashville. Um, but yeah, we're excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I think you know, going into neighborhoods that are kind of budding, like even like this neighborhood or, you know, you're not right in the center of five points or right on 12th South or something, but it's so, when you have that branding experience and you have a good team from that standpoint, you can go anywhere and people will come, especially if you're surrounded by residential or just in good proximity. Like, I don't think the visibility is always as chalked up as people make it seem. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. 
It is all very exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing the next announcements. <laughs> and in the meantime, coming to the block parties and the <laughs> educational events. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you guys talked a little bit about Crush It Harder or Crush It. Is it Crush It Harder or Crush It Nashville? Crush It Harder is the business coaching company and okay. Crush It Nashville is the event series. Okay. It's super confusing, I know. <laughs> no, I, I love the name, and that way you can, you know, replicate it in other cities or something. It's definitely really so. funny when we um, try to read our email addresses to vendors over the phone. Like, <laughs> They're yeah. like, what? what? That's awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess I just want to ask a little bit about, like, the vision behind Crush It Harder slash Crush It Nashville. You can talk about whichever one makes more sense and how closely it was meant to originally align with the bar. Originally, it was a completely separate idea um, from the bar. Uh, So when I moved here, I was um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And sort of for the first time in my life, I was like, I don't don't know what that is. Um, And so I was like, well, maybe do I want to start like my own design agency. I knew I always wanted to work for myself, um, but I didn't know in what capacity that was going to be. And so I wanted to also, that at the same time, I wanted to, like I said earlier, meet other people around town. Like I wanted to find, that's why I joined that club. I wanted to find like the people who were doing stuff around town and get a sense of, you know, what this city is all about, what's working, you know, who the movers and shakers are. Like, how do you get stuff done here? Um, and then when Robin moved here, I was like, I feel like I can help. We, I mean, we, we talk about business all the time. So we'd always go into like a business and be like, why are they doing it this way? It could be so much more efficient if they did it that way. And so since we were talking about that all the time, I was like, we could probably like do this for people like as a thing. I think the tipping point for us (laughs) was when Katie waited an hour and 10 minutes for a cold turkey sandwich and we were like. We need to help people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's got to be something going on here, that, and there's there's got to be ways to improve it. Right. So, um, yeah, I was like, we could do that. And Robin was like, yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about that, but I'm I'm, I'm in. <laughs> sort of that. In that way, there's a tie-in. Like, when she was like, I think I'm going to open a bar. <laughs> do you want to help? I was like, I don't know anything about that, but I'm in. Yeah, I mean, the bar was always my dream, and then consulting was always what I think Katie saw herself going into yeah. based on what she does now, and your dad's a consultant. Yeah. So she's always seen that. Um so I would say she's, you know, maybe the primary in the business coaching and I'm the primary in the bar, but um, there are, it does overlap in the sense that, like, Katie handled, like I said, all the design, the systems, the POS, uh-huh. like, that was amusing trying to figure out the, the point of sale system that we were going to use because we had a lot of... Um, salesmen that we're trying to mansplain to a global systems designer <laughs> what she should think about things. Um, I was like, let me pull up my sticky notes yeah. <laughs> where I did a competitive analysis of you and your everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that was that was interesting. Um, and you know, as far as the business coaching thing, I've been managing people in my career, it's just like almost since definitely straight out of college, and I definitely did a little bit of management in high school, which was bizarre. Um, but yeah, so I'm used to having um, teams um, under underneath me um, and training them, doing all that kind of stuff, kind of guiding them, leading them, especially event teams and mm-hmm. staff and um, food and beverage people. So yeah, so it made sense like if we could help people, then I can help with getting things into a system, getting things into, like, getting those checks and balances in place, mm-hmm. and then Robin giving advice on on scaling as a manager and training and um, handling people. Yeah, kind of being the bird in the person's ear about what their staff needs back from them, mm-hmm. that it's yeah. not all about the business yeah. um, and how much money it's making. Yeah, cool. So... And the neat thing with, like, tying it into the bar, I guess, is that people can see 
what you're you're doing, what you're consulting on, and you're putting into action in your own life, which mm-hmm. seems kind of neat. Yeah, we love our staff here. Yeah. So yeah, love every single one of them. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And from what I hear, it's hard to you know keep people. So I feel like if you can, uh, like, you know, if you have that box checked, then that's a big part of the battle in running a bar or restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was another thing that we wanted coming into opening the bar. We already knew that we wanted to pay attention to. We didn't want to be a place that was like a churn and burn employee factory. Right. Um, we want people to be able to grow and learn and stay here and, you know, be invested mm-hmm. in the business and us invested in them. Right. Um, and that's already happening. Like one of our, Barbacks is now training as a prep cook. We've got one of our security guys barbacking and serving and like <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we want to keep it in house. We want to utilize the staff that we have here. We don't want to water down um, you know, the money that they're making because that's, you know, obviously one of the most important things to them, but we want to see them grow. We want to support them. Um we have another person that's going to be going to law school, I think, in the fall. So I'm like, you know, we can work with the schedule. Yeah. It's great. Um, and, I mean, ideally, hopefully, when we open the next place, they're involved in that as well. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we want people to stay here, like, come on board and stay with us for a really long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, Just really kind of creating that community and making them feel a part of something bigger because, mm-hmm. like, the money is important, but at the end of the day, do people want to come to work? Are they happy when they're here? Yeah, so, exactly. Like, that's so huge. Yeah. it's We want to... We're here every day. I think I said this during their training. We're here every day. We want to have a good time and be happy, and we know you do too. Yeah. So <laughs> let's just do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes being miserable at work. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, Okay. Well, let's move into a few more, like, personal questions about what you guys like to do in your daily life. I know most of your hours are spent working. Dogs. Nature. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you're already talking So what are your hobbies? I already know that. (laughs) Well, we each do have a dog, so we do like to... I mean, it's like 90 degrees today, so it's getting a little hot, but um, we do try to take them down and out for walks, Mm -hmm. like, earlier in the morning. Take them to Shelby Bottoms all the time. Um, We also have, like, a really good, solid group of friends, and we all like to do activities. Mm -hmm. So we'll rent that pontoon and go out on the lake for a day, or... We'll all go see one of our friends who's a musician. We'll be like, all right, everyone go to the rooftop. We're going to go, like, hang out at Kaylee's show. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we're really good about um, just, like, organizing fun stuff. Like, when the flute tag thing, Red Bull thing was in town, we're like, let's all do that. Let's do activities. (laughs) Yeah. We've got a couple of things falling by the wayside, but, like, Katie, we built last year raised beds in her Mm -hmm. yard. Uh Uh-huh. That need to be raked out. Yep. <laughs> um, they might be getting, we might be doing fall planting of winter vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> this year. But, yeah, we like to kind of uh, see stuff, do stuff. We obviously love to go to new bars and restaurants that we haven't been to. Yeah. To check them out. Or, um, you know, we meet people around town or at um, industry events that, you know, they work here or there, and so we want to go say hi to them again, Mm -hmm. see what they're doing. Um, We're going to be, I think, our first kind of real break because we've been here every single day. My mom said, do you take a day off? I was like, no. Nope. No (laughs) days off. Sometimes I'll come in for only, like, six hours, but... Um, I was like, no, no days off. So we're probably get our first days off um, when we get to go visit Katie's parents. So mm-hmm. we're going to road trip over to... Yeah, a group of us are going to go to South Carolina. Cool. Yeah. See their new house. Awesome. Yeah. Yep, that'll be a nice break. Yeah. Just for the weekend, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When we have a closer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. We like traveling. 
like just you know sensory experiences yeah I guess yeah that's awesome well it's hard too when you're going full throttle and then to like if you just take a random day off and you're still in town it's like what do I do or you know or you don't have something planned and you're Uh, just like grocery shopping laundry yeah Yeah, usually it's like all right I've got two hours do I want to shower grocery shop or do laundry I can only pick one right (laughs) (laughs) which one's most important right now Yeah, yeah exactly no totally cool um what about recommended Nashville outings and what's your ideal spot for dinner I mean, I love renting the pontoon. Yeah. I'm just excited because yeah. it's two weeks away. I know. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, and going to, yeah. like, hiking at Fontanelle. I mean, there's yeah. so many, like... Fontanelle is cool because they've got the hiking, they've got zip lining, they've got an outdoor amphitheater, yeah. a winery, a great Italian restaurant, and a distillery, like, all in one area. Yeah. And it's literally right outside of the city. Yeah. So, that is awesome. And we can take the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're big on dog-friendly places because we, yeah. since so we're much. here all the time, we want, if we're, we have time off, we want to be able to take them with us. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, one of my favorite places for dinner is uh, Skull's Rainbow Room in yeah. Winter's Alley. Oh, yeah. The food is just awesome. So are the cocktails, and it's such a great, cool space. Yeah. I've had a really good dinner a couple of times at Farmhouse. Uh-huh. Um, and I had a really good dinner the other night at Butcher and Bee. That whipped feta is oh. everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but, um, I guess one of the things, if you're going to be, like, visiting Nashville, or if you're new to Nashville, I'm trying to think about these couple of things that are in our life since we've moved here would be Sundays at Doghouse on a Membrane. Oh, yeah. Spasmatics. The, it's like an 80s, 90s cover band. And they dress up in, like, neck braces and nerd glasses and oh stuff. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. It's um, a fun time. Motown Mondays at the Five Spot mm-hmm. is also a great time, especially for people in the service industry because it's, like, Monday night. You get right. in there and they play this old school music. There's, like, swing and dancing happening. Nobody can stop moving their body. You're like, I'm so tired. You just got to keep going. Yeah. You got to keep shaking in some way because, yeah. like, you just can't stop. The music's just so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are a couple of things that I would say definitely check out. Um, Riding on a joyride. It's been too long, but it's so fun. <laughs> yes. Take the free golf cart ride. Remember to tip. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show today. And I learned a lot about your backgrounds and Walden, and I'm excited to um, follow your future ventures. Thank yeah, you so thank much. Thank you for having this us. This was so much fun. Yeah, so. of course. First podcast. Done! Done. <laughs> <laughs> Please reach out to share your experiences with us by emailing newinnashvillepodcast at gmail.com. You can also sign up for our mailing list and access our social media at www.newinnashvillepodcast.com. If you enjoyed the show, please review and subscribe on iTunes and refer our podcast to a friend today. Thank you to Jared Anderson of Evergreen Productions for producing and engineering our podcast. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time. The music in this episode is provided by Carrie Ann Larson. She is a singer-songwriter who strives to write songs that people hear their own stories in. You can find her music, including her latest single, Fairweather Friend, on all digital platforms.